Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Rich Straffolino, and these are the tech headlines for the week that was. The messaging app Line and Yahoo Japan jointly announced a basic agreement on a merger, aiming to finalize the agreement in December. The owners of the two companies, SoftBank and Naver, will form a joint holding company with a mutual 50% investment, with Yahoo Japan and Line becoming subsidiaries. They'll also invest 340 billion yen, that's roughly $3.1 billion US, to take Line private. As part of the merger, the two companies plan to integrate their businesses by October 2020, after which it's expected to be Japan's largest internet company by revenue. Twitter made its ban on political ads official. The rules define political content as referencing a candidate, political party, elected or appointed government official, election referendum, ballot measure, legislation, regulation, directive, or judicial outcome. It also banned ads that contain references to political content, including appeals for votes, solicitations of financial support, and advocacy for or against any of the above-listed types of political content. Candidates, parties, governments, PACs, and certain political nonprofit groups are banned from any advertising altogether. An exemption will be made for news organizations with 200,000 monthly uniques or more that make their own content and focus on more than one issue. An exemption will also be given to cause-based content to allow ads that educate, raise awareness, or call for people to take action in connection with civic engagement, economic growth, environmental stewardship, or social equity causes. The last exemption does not allow targeting by zip code or political preference and can't reference or be run on behalf of entities based on ads like candidates or parties. Google's Scott Spencer announced an updated political ad policy for the search giant. The company will limit election ad audience targeting to the general categories of age, gender, and general location down to the postal code level. Political ads can still do contextual targeting, which surfaces ads based on content that viewers are consuming. The new policy will eventually roll out globally, first coming to the UK next week ahead of their election, then to the EU by the end of 2019, and the rest of the world by January 6, 2020. Spencer clarified that Google does not allow false claims in any ads, but to maintain a robust political dialogue, Google expects it takes very limited action on political ads. Starting on December 3rd, Google will expand its coverage of election ad transparency to U.S. state-level candidates and office holders, ballot measures, and ads that mention federal or state political parties. Previously, Google offered election ad transparency to ads in India, the EU, and for federal U.S. elections. T-Mobile announced that current COO Mike Sievert will succeed John Legere as CEO as of May 1, 2020. Legere had been expected to step down after completion of the Sprint T-Mobile merger. Legere was named CEO back in 2012. The Wall Street Journal and CNBC reported that WeWork had talked to Legere about taking over as CEO of that company, according to sources, but Legere later denied that any talks took place. Researchers from Chexmarks, in coordination with Google and Samsung, have disclosed a vulnerability in Google and Samsung's Android camera app in Android systems that have not been updated since before July of this year. Chexmarks discovered that in the pre-patched version of the camera app, apps that had storage permissions for the SD card could access the camera to take pictures and record video without permission. The vulnerability was closed in July 2019 with a Google Play Store update, and a patch was issued to other vendors. The U.S. Department of Commerce confirmed to Reuters Wednesday it has begun issuing licenses for some U.S. companies to supply non-sensitive goods to Huawei. The extension assists some U.S. rural network operators. In that same vein, Microsoft announced this week that the U.S. Department of Commerce granted the company a license to export mass-market software to Huawei. 
Uber confirmed it plans to pilot a new safety feature that would record audio during trips. The feature can be opted into for all rides with drivers, while riders can activate the feature through the safety toolkit prior to an individual ride. Recordings are encrypted and not reviewable by riders or drivers. Instead, they're placed in the trip history and can be submitted to Uber if either party decides to report an incident. The feature will be piloted in some Latin American cities next month, with plans to test the feature in the U.S. soon. According to Uber's head of safety products, Sachin Console, the company will provide a blanket warning that rides may be recorded when the feature launches in a given region, rather than sending notifications each time a recording is initiated. Tesla unveiled its Cybertruck at an event on Thursday. The truck features a sharp, angular design and comes in three models. First, there's a single-motor rear-wheel drive model with 250 miles of range, a 7,500-pound towing capacity, and a 0-60 to time under 6.5 seconds, starting at $39,900. Then there's a dual-motor all-wheel drive model with 300 miles of range, a 10,000-pound towing capacity, and a 0-60 to time under 4.5 seconds for $49,900. Finally, there's a triple-motor version with all-wheel drive and a 500-mile range, a 14,000-pound towing capacity, and a 0-60 to time under 2.9 seconds, starting at $69,900. Autopilot will come standard on all models, with Tesla's full self-driving capability available for $7,000 more. Tesla is taking refundable $100 deposits to reserve a truck, and assembly is scheduled to begin in late 2021, with triple-motor models not beginning until 2022. Finally, Russia's lower house of parliament passed a bill on Thursday that would require certain electronic devices sold in the country to include pre-installed Russian alternatives to software. This software would be in addition to standard software already installed in the device, not a required replacement. The law goes into effect in July 2020, and the government will create a full list of devices affected by the law as well as software to be installed, but these could include smartphones, computers, and smart televisions. Remember, for more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to Daily Tech News Show at DailyTechNewsShow.com. And remember to rate and review Daily Tech Headlines wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. And from all of us here at Daily Tech Headlines, remember, have a super sparkly day.